Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Why don't you tell him? Tell him this morning. Tell him he's more than enough. For every situation you find yourself, for every challenge you are contending with, tell the Lord he's more than enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. Is the Lord Almighty, the one who was, the one who is, the one who forevermore shall be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have worship. Father, we just thank you. We love you, Lord. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, for everyone that has come in here today, let there be a special testimony. For everyone that has come in here today, let there be a special touch. Let your name be glorified. As we're going to all go with us, speak to us and teach us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats. We are welcome. Let's have our seats. We are welcome. The Lord we have come to meet will touch us today in Jesus' name. First Samuel 17, verse 45 to 47. First Samuel 17, verse 45 to 47. First Samuel 17, 45 to 47. We started looking at this passage last week. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Whom thou hast defied. And in looking at this passage last week, we looked at the weapons that we have as children of God. And we said the first weapon that we have is the name of the Lord. And we looked at some aspects of that name. I remember we talked about the Father, the Bible says, at the name of Jesus. What happens? Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess of things in heaven, things on earth, and things underneath the earth. Then today we want to talk about a specific name that is referenced in that passage. And that is the name that is called the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. And, I mean, When you look at that name through the scriptures, you see many things that are said about the Lord of hosts. The first thing about the Lord of hosts is that he changes situations with his glory. He does what? He changes situations with his glory. When you look at Psalm 24, we all know that passage very well, from verse 7 to verse 10. He says, lift up your head, O ye gates. Be ye lift up ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Then he says, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up ye everlasting doors, that the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. He changes situations with his glory. In other words, if there's a situation in your life, that is challenging the authority of God. Is there a situ- if there is a situation in your life that is saying, uh, what do you think you can do out of it? 
that is saying we, we will see the end. Say yes, we will see the end. Because my God will have the last laugh. Yes. Because my God will have the last say. Yes. Why? Because he's the king of glory. We all know that passage that says, Arise, shine. For what? And what? The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So if the Lord of hosts, who is the king of glory, comes into your situation, what will happen to his glory? His glory will begin to shine upon you. His glory will begin to radiate upon you. And so if there's anything in your life that will not be a testament to his glory, what happens to it? That thing will disappear. That thing will be uprooted. That's why I said he changes situation with what? With his glory. And that his glory will be your portion today in Jesus' name. That his glory will come true for you today in Jesus' name. The Lord of hosts, number two, is the Lord that remembers. Is the Lord that does what? The Lord of hosts is the Lord that remembers. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 11. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 11. The Bible says, and she vowed a vow. This was Anna. And she said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of your handmaid, and remember me, and not forget your handmaid, but will give unto your handmaid a man child, then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Did God remember her or not? Somebody is not sure. Did God remember Hannah or not? How, she addressed him as what? The Lord of hosts. I believe I've said it here before. That you see, there are promises that God has given unto you that if God will not fight for those promises, what happens? They will not be fulfilled. Is somebody with me? But because they will be fulfilled, that's why those promises are associated with, the, with which name? The Lord of hosts. The Lord that fights for the fulfillment of that which he has promised. And that's why Hannah came to him and said, Oh, Lord of hosts, please remember me. Why don't you talk? Why don't you I say, Oh, Lord of hosts, remember me today. Say, Oh, Lord of hosts, remember me today. He remembered Hannah. He will remember you in Jesus' name. Now, not only do, we, say, we say he remembers. So he remembers his children. He remembers his people. He remembered Rachel, is that not so? And she gave birth to Joseph and who? Benjamin. He remembered Noah in the ark. When Noah was as if forgotten. Not that I said what? As if forgotten. In other words, you might be in that situation where it looks as if the world is passing you by. Where your own phone is still LG2. I think there's something called LG2, right? And I believe now they have LG6. And then you look at it and say, ah, very soon the people that made LG2 are even saying, we will stop supporting it. But he has not forgotten you. That's what he has not forgotten you. Oh, the world may be fast. Everything may be fast. He remembered Noah. When it looks as if civilization had passed him by in that boat where he was. But God remembered him. But you see, in the same way that God remembers his children, in like manner, as the Lord of hosts, he remembers the errors of your enemies on the, uh, against you on the day of judgment. And let's look at an example. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 2 to 3. 
1 Samuel 15, verse 2 to 3. 1 Samuel 15, 2 to 3. The Bible says, Thus said the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. How he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. He now said, Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. But slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. God started by saying what? I remember. So he remembers his own. He remembers those who are oppressing his own because he's a God that fights for judgment for his own people. He will fight for you in Jesus' name. He's a God that fights for justice for his own people. He remembered Amalek. What did Amalek do to Israel? Amalek is that enemy that will not attack you when you are strong. Amalek is the enemy that will wait until you are weak and tired and then strike. Amalek is the one that will look for your fault, for your weakness, and use that weakness to do what? To attack you. Oh, but there is a God in heaven. A God that the Bible says rules in the affairs of mankind. A God who is your father. A God that shows up for his children. He will show up for you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say he will show up for you in Jesus' name. Amen. So one day, God said, I remember Amalek thinks I have forgotten. And that is the situation. Brethren, I want you to realize, as a child of God, God never forgets you. And those people that think they have cheated you and they have done it for free and nothing will happen, God is just waiting for their day of judgment because he will remember. I say he will remember. And when he remembers, he will vindicate you. When he remembers, uh, he will will elevate you and lift you up in the name of Jesus. On Friday, we were talking about the God of what? Restoration. When God remembers, whatever has been stolen from you, he will do what? He will restore it. He will restore it. And someone here is due for restoration in Jesus' name. I said you are due for restoration in Jesus' name. However, when he remembers the errors of the ways of your enemies, he might choose to make you the instrument of the judgment of that enemy. But what does God demand from us? Total obedience. Tell somebody total obedience. It's very important. God said, I remember Amalek. Amalek attacked you on the way to the promised land. He now told Saul, go and fight them. Destroy everything that they have. And he gave them that ability. Brethren, Saul and Israel won that battle. Not because they were strong. Not because they were powerful. Not because they were more than the Amalekites. It's because God gave them the grace. But they misused the grace of God. You know, like Paul said, he said, I did not do what? Disappoint the grace of God. He said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly calling. I did not frustrate the grace of God. Can you please tell somebody, stop frustrating the grace of God. Half obedience, brethren, is what? What is half obedience? Yes, I love the word total. Half obedience is what? 
is total disobedience. Half obedience is no obedience. And no obedience is disobedience. And every disobedience, God will punish. That's why the Bible says, when your obedience is what? Complete. When your obedience is complete. But many a times we keep God waiting for so long that the obedience is never completed. God told Saul, I remember what Amalek did when Israel was, I mean, came out of Egypt. Go and destroy them. Then Saul went and he remembered capitalism. And he saw Amalek, he said, ah, this man is a tall and handsome king. Why kill him and destroy him? He saw the type of sheep and goats that he never saw in Israel. He forgot something about God. Whatever the enemy has, God can give you something better. True or false? Brethren, there is no sheep or goat or cattle that will be as beautiful as the ones that the angels gave Jacob. You remember that story? It was by revelation that those animals became his. There's no way any animals in the land will compare to him, to the ones he had. Just like the daughters of Job. Remember what the Lord said about them? The Bible said, God gave him another seven sons. He gave him three daughters. He said, now the three daughters he gave him, in all the land, there was what? None as beautiful as his daughters. God, that's why I love Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. What does it say? Unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly. Above all, we are able to do what? To think or ask. According to what? The power that worketh in you. God does not give you what you have lost. He gives you more. Tell somebody he gives you more. Zacchaeus knew that principle. That's why he came across Jesus and he said, if I have taken anything by deceit from any man, I give it back how many fold? Fourfold. That is our God for you. He remembered the errors of Saul, I mean of Amalek. And he sent Saul to decimate Amalek. But Saul went and applied human reasoning, human judgment. Of course he failed. Humanly speaking, people look at him and say, Ah, Saul, you have defeated the Amalekites. But God was shaking his head and said, I don't know this guy again. You know that many a times, that's the way we are in this world. I want to pray for someone here, you will finish well. Amen. I said you will finish well. Because many a times God has left you to your own devices. But men are still looking at you and say, ah, great man of God. They are still remembering what God did for you 10 years ago. But today God is saying, I don't know him again. I don't know her again. I pray for you one more time. You will finish well. Saul obtained a victory, brethren. But the victory he obtained, he did not obtain the way God asked him to go for it. Do you remember the story of the, 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 the old and the young prophet? I believe it's in 2 Kings 13. The old and the young prophet. Is it second or first? 2 Kings 13. That young prophet, God told him, go to Bethel. You will see Jeroboam there making sacrifice to his idols. And he went it's 1 Kings 13. He saw Jeroboam. And Jeroboam was making, and 
the young prophet made this. He said, O altar, O altar, hear the word of the Lord. A young king shall be born. He will desecrate this altar. The bones of the priest will be burnt upon it. He said, and there's a sign I will give you today. He said, this altar will be what? Will be rent into two. As he spoke, so it happened. And Jeroboam said, eh, you, you dare come before me, the king, to make such proclamation. Who sent you? Can you ask somebody who sent you? Because many are times the problem we have is we don't know who sent us. Many of us would not even have gone as far as the man, the young king came, and the young prophet uh, did. He said, who sent you? Say, arrest him. And the Bible says, the moment he stretched forth, he said, what happened to that hand? The hand withered. And he had to come and say, ah, please, I'm sorry. I've gone beyond my, my authority. Please, pray for me that my hand may be restored. That young prophet obeyed God, gave the instruction. That was the assignment. And God told him, don't go back by the way that you came. When you leave, make sure that you live in haste. He did everything. But he rested on the way. He rested prematurely. Like many of us are doing. Say, well, I've done enough. I mean, after all, 90% of the people are not doing as much as I'm doing. So I've done enough. Let me relax. You will not rest the rest of death. Yeah. He relaxed on the way, and the old, God knew that in Bethel there was an old prophet. I mean, did you not know? But he didn't send that old prophet on, the, on Aaron because he knew that that old prophet had gone on, uh, into the ways of Balaam. He had become stuffed with the wages of iniquity. He knew that that old prophet now was good at telling lies. Do you realize that some of us are that way? We are good at telling lies that no man will decipher. It will take a new computer to be developed to unearth the lies you have told. Nobody can break it down. But there is a God in heaven. That is what no man sees. So God knew that old prophet, and the old prophet proved it when he came across it. He said, oh, you know what? An angel told me that I should bring you back to come and eat. And he followed him. And you know what? While the young prophet was eating at the table of the old prophet, it was that same old prophet that told him lies. That the Spirit of God now came upon him and said, ah, because you have done this, you will not get back to your, the way you came from alive. Do you, do you see, do you understand this God? Brethren, you need fear no other person but who? That young prophet was good, but he died prematurely. Because his obedience was not complete. That's what I'm trying to bring out to us. Saul's obedience was not complete. He lost his throne. That's where we know that passage that says, Behold, to obey is what? It's better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. It's better to obey and bring your $100 tithe to church than disobey and bring a tithe of $2,000. And they begin to say, ah, thank God for that brother. But God is saying, I don't know him. Because the money he has brought to church is what? Is what is called the wages of what? The wages of iniquity. Is what is called the wages of iniquity. Men can adulate you. Men can lift you up. 
But God may say, I don't know him. I don't know. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. We are running a race to meet our Redeemer. We are running a race for eternity. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man? If he gains the old world and does what? Let me paraphrase that passage because of what has happened this morning. What shall it profit a man? He woke up on Sunday morning, packed all that snow at home. Got to church and met them doing what? Packing snow. By the time he finished the snow packing, he sat down in church and he was tired. What shall it profit a man? If he does all that and still goes to hell. You won't go to hell in Jesus' name. But you've got to make up your mind. That your obedience will be what? Complete. Complete. You need to make up your mind that you'll be a friend of God. You need to make up your mind that what you desire is not the praise of men, but the praise of who? Because our God, the God we're talking about is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts is a warrior. He fights for his children. And he fights against disobedient children. If he were to stand here today, would he see you an obedience or disobedient children? The third point and the last we are going to make for today is that the Lord of hosts, the Bible tells us, dwells within the cherubims. I believe that's how we pronounce it, right? Is it C-H-E-R-U-B-I-M? How do you pronounce it? Cherubim, I will call it cherubim. He dwells within the cherubim. Second Samuel chapter 6 verse 2. He said, David arose and went with all the people that were with him from the Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubim. Remember, they were transporting this ark of God. And there was a man who was a priest who saw that uh, it looks as if the ark wants to fall. And he tried to stop the ark. What happened to him? He died. Brother Uzzah. He wanted to help God. He saw the ark was going to fall. He said, ah, how can they say the ark of God fell when I'm here? And he put forth his hand to touch it. That was it. The man died. Testimony, the man died. By all reasonable account, what he did, was it not right? By all logical account, like that man told us this morning, that logic should prevail. Is that not so? In fact, he will get what is the, order, the highest civilian order in the land. They will give it to him. <laughs> but God will not take that. The man died. Because there is a group of angels that are called cherubims. What's their work? The cherubims are the created beings assigned to guard the throne of God. Assigned to do what? They guard the throne of God. So that tells you, brethren, that they are not, they are not, they are not angels that you toy with. Psalm 99 verse 1. Psalm 99 verse 1. He said, The Lord reigneth. Let the people tremble. He is seated between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. He still sits between the cherubims. What else do we know about these cherubims? We know that they protect the mercy seat from which God speaks unto his people. And that's very important. They do what? 
They protect the mercy seat from which God speaks unto his people. In Exodus 37 verse 9, Exodus 37 verse 9, the Bible says, And the cherubim spread out their wings on high, and covered with their wings over the mercy seat, with their faces one to another, even to the mercy seat world, where were the faces of the cherubim. And the significance of this is that when the children of Israel were moving the Ark of Covenant around, when God would speak to them, he spoke from where? From over the mercy seat that was protected by the cherubims. So, that tells you one thing. No wonder he said, I will watch over my word. To do what? Ah. Because when the word goes forth, some angels of divine performance are assigned to the word. And the only thing that would bring up a non-performance is if you say you don't want it. Do you want God's work to work for you? Somebody is not sure. Do you want God's work to work for you? Yes. When you go to Exodus 25, verse 21 to 22, Exodus 25, 21 to 22, you can put it down. I don't know what I'm writing note. But I'm going to read number 789. Number 789. I'm going to read that. So, and when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him, then he heard the voice of one speaking unto him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of testimony from between the two cherubims and he spoke unto him. That's where God spoke. The Lord of hosts. He sits between the cherubims. And you know what, brethren? The, 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 uh, the pattern of the ark is the heavenly pattern. You know, like that prayer we pray. As it is in heaven, so let it be here on earth. The pattern that was given to Moses is the pattern of the things that obtain in the heavenlies. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. Jeremiah 1, 11 to 12, as I round up this morning. And the word of the Lord came unto, him, unto me, saying, What do you see? Jeremiah. And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word. To do what? To perform it. That's the uh, New American Standard Bible. I am watching over my word to do what? To perform it. King James says, Thou hast seen well, I will hasten my word. To do what? To perform it. Today is the last one in the month of January. There's divine performance that is programmed for someone here today. Amen. There is a word that God has spoken to you that he wants to bring to pass. Amen. And he said the performance of the word does not depend on you. It depends on who? It depends on him. Of course, the only way you can prevent its performance in your life is if God is given and you refuse to do what? You refuse to receive. Remember, if God is giving and you receive, you refuse to grab it. Then you cannot blame God for non-performance. Because he said, I will hasten my word to perform it. 
I will watch over my word to perform it. God wants to ensure that as the Lord of hosts, the words he has given unto you, they are words that shall come to pass. I want us to rise on our feet. I want us to rise on our feet. We said the battle belongs to the Lord. We are going to pray and say, Father, as if we say, Father, Father fight my battles for me. <laughs> Brethren, some of us, maybe we, we, may, we may not know that we have battles. But some of us, we know. I know I have battles. Say, Father, Father fight my battles for me. Open your mouth and pray. Fight my battles for me, O Lord. Fight my battles for me, O Lord. The ones I know, the ones I don't know. The ones I see, the ones I don't see. Father, fight my battles for me. If you don't fight for me, no one will fight for me. Oh, there are situations I'm contending with that no one knows and no one sees. But you know, Lord, fight my battles for me. Fight my battles for me. Fight my battles for me. Hey, fight my battles for me, oh Lord. Fight my battles for me. In the name of Jesus, fight my battles for me, Lord. Fight my battles for me, Father. Repari anda itragabundoria. Ezimalibos kelianda itragabo. Fight my battles for me. Yes, Lord. Yezema ushkateli andaria. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. You say, Lord of hosts, fulfill your promises in my life in the name of Jesus. Ah, fulfill your promises. Lord of hosts. Fulfill your promises in my life. This year of double portion. Fulfill your promises in my life, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. This year of double portion. Fulfill your promises in my life, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord of hosts, fulfill your promises in my life. In the name of Jesus. Fulfill your promises, O Lord. Fulfill your promises, O Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. You say, have mercy upon me, O Lord. And remember me today. Open your mouth and pray. You are praying for yourself. Have mercy upon me. The enemy tried to prevent me from coming to church today. But I'm here. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. And remember me today. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Have mercy upon me, Father. And remember me today. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. And remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Have mercy upon me. And remember me, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. And remember me, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Mariba Soto Lena Itragabo. 
Have mercy upon me and remember me, O Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. You say, Father, Father. hasten your word to performance in my life. In the name of Jesus. Hasten your word to performance, O Lord. Hasten your word to performance, O Lord. In my life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, hasten your word to performance. Father, hasten your word to performance in my life. In the name of Jesus. Hasten your word. Ropasianda itragabo to performance. Madebun robosotorianda itragabo. Hasten your word to performance in my life, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Eh, Badebo satalenda itragabo. Madborokoto lekekerianda itragabo. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. You say, Father, shake the heavens and bring my restoration. In the name of Jesus. Shake the heavens, O oh Lord. Shake the heavens, O oh Lord. Bring my restoration. Shake the heavens, O oh Lord. And bring my restoration. In Jesus' name we are praying. A man of God shared a, 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 a story. I don't want to call it a testimony. See, there was an elderly man, old man. He was already, I mean, maybe in the 90s or over 100 years old. And then one day he died. And for as long as they left him inside his house, he was dead. But whenever they brought him out to go and bury him, what happened? He would come back to life. And this, it was an el it was an old man. It happened once. It happened the second time. And they had to go and call his son. We don't know what is happening. When this man is in the house, he's dead. When they carry him out to go and bury him, he wakes up. Now I'm going somewhere. Remember the prayer point we raised? Shake the heavens, right? And bring my restoration. So, but the son knew. What was the issue with the father? The father had, uh, how do I call it? He had a covenant with the son. It's, uh, you know, some things, some things are sweet to say in the Yoruba language. <laughs> he had a covenant with the son, S U N now, that for as long as he sees that son, he will not die. Yes, it was his time to go. But for as long as they bring him unto the son, until they had to make some, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it, Tutu? <laughs> they had to make some sacrifices. It was then they were able to bury him as a dead man. Where am I going? That's why we said, shake the heavens. There are some things that have been programmed into the heavenlies that are fighting some individuals. The, the, there are things that belong to you that are being held up, but God knew ahead. That's why thousands of years ago when they were writing the Bible, he said, I will do all. He said, I will shake the heavens. He said, I will shake the earth. He said, I will shake the dry land. He said, I will shake the seas. After he has shaken all those places, is there any other hiding place? You are going to be saying, Father, Father, shake the heavens and bring my restoration in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. 
Maikele masoto lena itragabo. Shake the heavens, O Lord. Shake the heavens, O Lord. Bring my restoration. Mirebaska Koria Masanda Idagaba Ushkate. Ephrosoto Lendo Idaba Ushkate. Fathers, shake the heavens and bring my restoration. In the name of Jesus, shake the heavens, O Lord, and bring my restoration. Ephrosita Lenda Itragaba Ushkate. Oh, Mariba Soto Lenda Itragabo. Ephrosete Lenda Hidagaba Ushkate. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Say, Father, shake the earth and bring my restoration. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and pray. Shake the earth and bring my restoration. Shake the earth, O Lord, and bring my restoration. Malmo soto lenda itragabundoria, bareba soto lenda itragabo, malmo sakata irakata like kerianda itragabo, shake the earth and bring my restoration. Eprosatolia indragaba ushkate, malmo soto le anda itragabo. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. We say, Father, shake the seas. And bring my restoration. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brethren, remember, the Bible says when Christ will return, he said the sea will do what? Will give up their dead. So because some of the prayers you are praying, you may be wondering that, does this make sense? What I've just said now is in the Bible. Though. And we are praying from the scripture. It is God that said, I will shake the heavens. I will shake the earth. I will shake the sea. It is God that said that. We are told the story of a particular man. He couldn't make any headway in life. He was just struggling, rolling from one place to the other until he made up his mind to pray. Tell somebody I will pray. Oh, you are saying I will pray. It's not uh, the 10 or 30 minutes prayer we are praying here. We have our 10 hours prayer coming up on March 4. Can you tell anyone prepared to be there? Some things will not change until you make up your mind to do what? To pray. So this man went before the Lord. He began to pray. He began to pray. And he found out that when he was born, some things with which he was born was taken by one of the old women in the house. And she threw it away in the sea. And you know, his problem was complicated. The woman is dead. I mean, not see what do you call the river we have over there. She treated away in the river. So the woman is dead. They don't know. But this he knew now by what? Revelation. He began to pray, continued to pray, and the Lord opened his eyes in the place of prayer. And he saw a huge man, like an angel of God, brought that woman up. It was, it, it, this was like a revelation, like someone having a dream. And said, what you took from this man, re restore it to him. The woman was dead. You remember? And so they thought everything was gone. Yeah, but I threw it. I said, wherever you threw it, go there. And in that revelation, the woman went to the river, brought out whatever was taken from that man, gave it back to him, and then he woke up. That was the day his life turned around. 
That was the day. So when we say, Father, shake the seas and bring my restoration, how God will do it is God that knows. But the important thing for me is your restoration. The important thing is that this year, I want to see a divine turnaround. I want to see a change. I want to see a glorious Say, Father, Father, shake the seas and bring my restoration. In the name of Jesus, shake the seas, O Lord. Bring my restoration. Bring my restoration. In the name of Jesus, shake the seas, O Lord. Bring my restoration. Hey, Shake the seas, O Lord, and bring my restoration. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. We say, Father, shake the dry land and bring my restoration. In the name of Jesus. Shake the land, O Lord. Shake the dry land. Hey, and bring my restoration. A prosima lena itragabo, repacabo satola indragaba ushkate. Shake the dry land, O Lord, and bring my restoration. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. I'll tell you one more story, and we're going to round up. And this particular young man, everything will work out fine for him until he gets to the exam hall. And everything disappears. He doesn't know what he's doing again. Now, of course, he began to do what? To pray. Ah, tell somebody, thank God for Jesus. Because if not for Jesus, many of us will be lost forever. Because of wickedness. There's wickedness in the world. I have seen a little bit of it, brethren. And so what, what did they find out? What happened to him? It's, there's only somebody that they will use this. We're talking during the Navigil about principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Maybe I think somebody should go and look at the, 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 the recording of the Navigil. There's a lot you can get from it. it it's, on the, it's online, right? It, it's on YouTube. So, this man's case was a very simple one. They had a, 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 a plate of palm oil. You know, palm oil, when it is cold, what happens to palm oil? It congeals, Abi. Is that the word? It solidifies. And once the palm oil solidifies, his brain too solidifies. That was his own simple problem. And they didn't even bother to throw it away. They just put the palm oil and put it under the bed. That was it. That was why that man could never make any headway in life. Until God revealed it unto him. And they got rid of the palm oil. It began to make. You will make progress. Amen. I said you will make progress. Amen. You will prosper in this land. Amen. Whatever has been stolen from you will be restored unto you. Amen. You are going to pray. I say, Father, Father anoint, me anoint me with the favor of restoration. <laughs> there is a favor that brings restoration, brethren. Anoint me, O Lord, with the favor of restoration. The favor of restoration. So that men will see me and they say, ah, this is the person we want to give the job to. This is the person we want to, ah, <laughs> the favor of restoration. Anoint me 
with the favor of restoration. In Jesus' name, we are praying. We are going to pray that prayer again. The Bible says God gave the children of Israel what? Favor before the Egyptians. And they did what? They spoiled them. Whatever they asked for, they were given. I once went for a job interview. And the lady was so excited when she saw my resume. I had worked with Atwanderson. I had done all those trainings that Atwanderson does. Their trainings are worldwide. They will make sure you go from one country. We went to a training in Europe. All the people from Europe were there. Some people came from U.S. Worldwide. Then the lady now asked me, what salary did I want? I, I, I believe this is for someone here. You are, tying down, you are tying yourself down to where you came from. At that point in time, in the year 2000, my income in Nigeria was about 2 million naira per annum. So what did I do? I converted it to dollars. This woman was, I mean, she interviewed me with high expectation. What do you want? Can somebody guess what I told her? I said I wanted $30,000 per annum. That's what they call poverty mentality. Tell me what that's poverty mentality. So the woman was so surprised that that was where the interview ended. And I never heard from her again. Because, you see, when you are put on a very high pedestal and you bring yourself down, um, this one will not perform for us. It's somebody with me. That, you are going to pray that prayer again. And say, Father, Father anoint, me anoint me with the favor of restoration. As if you mean it, pray that prayer. The favor of restoration. Whatever I have lost, Whatever the enemy has taken away from me. Uh, today is the last Sunday of January 2023. Uh, uh, Anoint me with the favor of restoration. Yes, Lord, let every favor, every goodness, every goodness begin to seek for me. Let them find me. Let them locate me. My time has come. My season has come. Anoint me, O oh Lord. Anoint me, O oh Lord, with the favor of restoration. This is my time. This is my season. So shall it be. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Are you here? You've not given your life to Christ? Or maybe somebody is watching us online and not born again. <laughs> These are benefits of the children of God. Those who have given their lives to Christ, the sky is not the limit. What is the sky, brethren? Is the beginning. Are you in that situation here? You want to give your life to Christ? Raise up your hand. Or you are watching online, you want to give your life to Christ? Just say with me, Lord Jesus, I come before you this day. Touch me. Accept me. Ah, it is my day of restoration. In whatever way the devil will cheat me up by restoration, I put an end to it. Write my name in the book of life. And from this day onward, let that favor of restoration be my portion. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.